Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, folks. Welcome to a brand new episode of Thanks for the Knowledge. This is Fanbyte's weekly news show rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. Hope everyone has had a wonderful week. I'm about to take off on a two-week vacation to Alaska. I'm very excited about doing that, but I have a great show for you before I set sail. I was able to catch a few minutes with Merritt Kay, who spent some time in Las Vegas last week to play the rebooted Saints Row. That was a great conversations so stay tuned for that but first i've got to run you through this week's top stories Minecraft is still one of the biggest games in the world, and this past week, Mojang, the developer of Minecraft, made it official that they will be blocking NFTs and blockchain from Minecraft. Good for them. They said they don't want to uh, expose their users to potential fraud and other things. Of course, the the folks that are really uh, responsible for a major NFT project in Minecraft is a group called NFT Worlds. They wanted to basically bring NFTs to Minecraft in in an evolving ecosystem. Uh, that group is very, very mad that that uh, Minecraft decided to do this and, in fact, announced late this week that they will be developing their own game, their own platform. And they said the following, quote, we're creating a new game and platform based on the many on many of the core mechanics of Minecraft. But with the modernization and active development, Minecraft has been missing for years. Lol. Uh, this is not a rewrite of some open source Minecraft clone, which would likely violate the EULA or still risk legal action. This is entirely from the ground up. This transition will additionally come with a public facing brand identity change that is more player friendly. And then later in the statement, they said this kind of wild thing. Thing. Quote, make no mistake, this is a Web 2 versus Web 3 battle. It is a battle between two different visions of the future of the web, one that prioritizes shareholder value and profit margins above all else, and one that prioritizes the spirit of innovation through independent creators. It is both a philosophical conflict over what the internet represents and a technological struggle over who will have ownership of digital assets. Microsoft has made it clear they will always act in the interest of their shareholders and balance sheet to the detriment of innovation, player experience, and creators. We believe an open, free, evolved version of what Minecraft brought to the world will be a better future for creators, developers, and ultimately gamers, end quote. So yeah, NFT Worlds is, I guess, going to make Minecraft 2. Now, whether you buy into that Web 2 versus Web 3 thing or, you know, whatever, I think we can agree that, yes, Microsoft and other large publishers and platform holders are always really uh, acting in the interest of their shareholders and self-interest of making uh, as much money as possible. Yes. 
But I would also not classify Web3 as it exists right now as fundamentally uh, something that prioritizes the spirit of innovation through independent creators. I'm not sure that's how I would uh, classify what this is. And also, no one's actually talking about the exposure to fraud and other things that uh, these NFT marketplaces uh, have exposed folks to, as well as how absolutely unregulated and volatile those markets are. Uh, you know, As we've seen with a lot of closures recently of NFT marketplaces, of, uh, of crypto-based lenders and exchangers, uh, this is this market's kind of in a free fall right now, so I'm not sure I would agree with NFT worlds about any of that stuff. But anyway, I guess I'll leave that up to you to make up your own mind. Moving on to another kind of multiverse metaverse thing. Multiversus, the WB uh, platform fighter, is getting LeBron James and Rick and Morty added to its roster. LeBron James got a character reveal at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, not voiced by LeBron James. Um, to be clear, uh, but uh, LeBron will uh, uh, don his Space Jam A New Legacy attire. He's got a basketball that he can throw at people and use as a weapon. He's got a dunk move, of course. And uh, yeah, it looks interesting to play with. I've, I've still not gotten my hands on multiverses. I probably should. It looks interesting, uh, but I haven't played it yet. Um, if you heard this past week, uh, Daniel Riondo somewhere going, yeah. Then that means our favorite game, Into the Breach, is now officially out on iOS uh, on mobile devices. Uh, and it is uh, it's free for Netflix users on mobile. It's one of the best strategy games of its ilk. And it, it is, uh, yeah, it, it is truly, truly good. I don't know if it's 23 hours of playtime good, like Daniel Riondo has under her belt. But it is a very good game, and I think you should check it out if you never have. Uh, Nintendo did announce the dates for 3DS and Wii U eShops closures. They will go away completely on March 27th of 2023. But between now and then, it's actually going to lose some functionality already. Uh, it'll be impossible. It's already impossible to add, uh, use a credit card to add funds to those stores. Uh, you could still use eShop gift cards to buy games and content, but even that will be going away uh, on August 29th. After August 29th, the only way you'll be able to get anything on those shops is through redeemable download codes, which is pretty wild. So you don't have a whole lot of time to buy stuff with gift cards and you don't have a lot of time in general to pick up stuff on 3ds and wii u eShops, which is a bummer our digital future is kind of a bummer um pixar's creative director went on minmax this past week to say that a toy story was almost not given to pixar as part of kingdom hearts that was actually a protracted battle uh between a lot of different parties and it took a lot of uh a lot of work and a lot of uh pitching to get Toy Story into the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Very funny. We would never have gotten that amazing image of Woody uh, getting super serious and trying to hold Sora back and being like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight him or whatever. I haven't played that, but uh, yeah, it's a really funny, interesting story. Andrea Sheeran uh, over on the website has some of those details. That MinMax interview is very, very good. So you should go check out MinMax, uh, our buddies over at MinMax. They do great work. Um, And yeah, 
Hey, y'all remember when Discord, uh, you know, paired up with PlayStation? They announced this last year that PlayStation is going to bring Discord to its consoles to make communication between players a little easier. Well, that hasn't happened yet, but you know what has happened? Discord has signed another deal with Microsoft to bring Discord to Microsoft and Xbox consoles. Yeah, Xbox Wire uh, had the news this week, uh, and they're going to roll this out first for Xbox Insiders, and then in the coming weeks with a wider launch uh, expected after that if everything goes well. So, uh, yeah, if you're not super happy with voice chat uh, on uh, Xbox platforms, and I'm really not, uh, Discord might be a breath of fresh air, and it's going to roll out for uh, Insiders, you know, very soon, and uh, the rest of us soon thereafter. So that's pretty cool. Bruce Straley the game director on The Last of Us and Uncharted 4, A Thieves End, is announcing uh, that he is going to found Wildflower Interactive, which is a new studio uh, that is going to make small-ish, creatively charged, uniquely styled games, according to the website. So if you're into what what folks that leave huge AAA games get up to next, you should definitely check out Wildflower Interactive. Uh, They have a YouTube video up. They have a website uh, and, and, uh, yeah, uh, he says that his last few years, a naughty dog had a lot of burnout and, uh, the studio has been known for issues with crunch and those might have, uh, intersected quite a bit. And that's what caused Bruce Straley to, uh, take off. Uh, he left naughty dog back in 2017. So if you've missed his touch on the industry, then, uh, it looks like they're, uh, working on some cool stuff. Hey, speaking of The Last of Us, uh, the uh, the game, uh, at least the, the some of the uh, visuals and things like that, were actually leaked this week. Quote, unquote, leaked. That's right. That we're talking about The Last of Us Part 1, which is the uh, remake slash remaster of the game that came out originally in 2013 and then again in 2014. Uh, and yes, they were quote unquote leaked. And then uh, Naughty Dog released a 10 minute video uh, showcasing some of the new quote unquote features. That's mostly haptics uh, and some of the visuals. But honestly, the best part was a lot of the accessibility stuff introduced in The Last of Us Part 2 that will be put into the last of us part one so a lot of those things were absent uh the video has a lot of those details we put it over on the website for you um uh, ken shepherd has a blog post you can watch the whole video there and read some of those details but yeah uh some haptics yeah okay cool but most of the new stuff is going to be accessibility features there also will be a permadeath mode which is pretty wild as well as a model viewer um and yeah this game you know it looks a little bit better i uh just as a brief aside a lot of people were talking about how this was leaked and how that's like really upsetting like we don't need to do the leak recourse uh discourse for a uh for a game that came out in 20 uh 2013 we don't need to do that it came out nine years ago i understand that like it's a lot of hard work people do they want to control when it comes out okay maybe it doesn't if it's a brand new thing i can kind of imagine that's frustrating but people are talking about your thing anyway. It's the third time you've released the game and people are talking about it. So I would, I don't know. I just, to me, Naughty Dog and a lot of the team and a lot of their biggest fans, they kind of talk about stuff in a way that drives me a little nuts. I just, I just don't think we need to frame, frame the conversations around leaking the way we are. I mean, I'm a little tired of the $70 discourse People are like, oh, it's a cash grab. Yeah, it is. 
They think they're they they think they can sell that thing for 70 bucks again to the people who've already played it. And they're probably right. And sure, yeah, okay. It's a cash grab, but like all capitalism is a cash grab. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded. Maybe maybe I should maybe I should hang it up. I feel like I'm too cynical for this business at this point. Anyway, uh, speaking of being cynical about this business, Persona 5 Royal uh, will not allow you to upgrade to its PS5 upgrade for free, even if you own the PS4 version of Persona 5 Royal. Yeah, that's pretty disappointing news, but it really just solidified to me that I'll be playing Persona 5 Royals upgrade probably on Switch or PC so I can put it on my Steam Deck. So that's really, you know, good on Sony for making that choice for me. I think that's like a pretty good call. Um, and gosh, is I think that's it for the news. Yeah, all right, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's about it for the news. That's about what's happened this week. Um, some narrative games that have come out lately. I tweeted about this, this earlier this week, and um, yeah, I feel like until dusk falls, and um, you know the 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 uh, you know the Last of Us series, of course, and then um, um, Life is Strange, and Horizon Forbidden West, and, and Zero Dawn. There are a lot of games out there that kind of get lauded for their for their writing and for stories. Even Guardians of the Galaxy, a game that I thought did better than most of its peers in terms of writing and narrative design at the time. Um, a lot of these things kind of get held up in a way that kind of frustrates me. Like, you know, we talk about things that are just extremely well written or like, oh, my gosh, like people just go online and gush about uh, well fleshed out characters and these intricate stories. And I actually think we're kind of in a drought in terms of how good those stories and those characters and that writing actually is. I feel like we're actually missing more of a, a, a light, you know, a, not a light touch, but a surgical touch in terms of how these things are written. I think like, I think writers rooms right now are not being properly taken care of in AAA games. Um, I, I just feel like the bar is incredibly low right now. I don't mean to be dour. It's just something I've thought about recently. Like, I think, I, I think if you really love life is strange and those games, like I, I, you know, power to you. I think that's great. Um, I just typically fire those things up and I, I tend to find very shallow interactions and not very, not very unique or interesting writing or, um, you know, uh, scenarios that don't ring per, you know, really, really true or interesting to me. Um, and maybe that's just me as a critic, like having, uh, very high standards, you know, it's like, I, I don't just watch Marvel movies. I watch a lot of other films too. And it's like, I don't go into a Marvel movie and say, wow, that was really great writing because that's not what I get from those movies. I get excitement and stuff like that. And I think, um, I'm just seeing a trend of, what feels like writers rooms increasingly not having a wide net of what they're engaged with in terms of other media, like whether it be more niche games that have more nuanced writing or uh, film that you know, doesn't necessarily take the shape of most of the kind of the geek centric writing and story structure that um, so many of us are, you know, really plugged into right now. And so judgment. I mean, like we only have enough time in the day. Like if you want to watch superhero movies all day, every day, like I'm okay with that. Like I, I, I don't personally begrudge you, but 
I think if those folks are the ones that are controlling the narratives of a lot of our biggest video games in the medium, um, I do think we're missing, you know, I think we're missing something, right? Um, I don't know. It's just something I thought about. Uh, some folks asked about it on uh, Discord um, and I want to talk about it a little bit. I know it's kind of a detour. I know it's a little bit of like a a, a piece of not super well-formed crit. Um, it's basically saying like, I don't think writing games is that good right now. Um but that's essentially, uh, you know, that's essentially where where I am. Uh, and then just got me thinking. I think, you know, if you're really into Until Dusk Falls, that's cool. I haven't, I haven't played it yet. So I fully admit I'm only going into that piece of criticism, uh, seeing very little of the game through like playthroughs and stuff like that. But um, but uh, but yeah, I um, it, it's just an interesting time for games um, and games writing and narrative uh, development. And uh, I don't know. I think it could be better. Uh, what do you think? Go to fanbyte.casa. Tell me what you think about games narratives. If I'm totally off base, uh, if you're like, no, John, come on. You're just being like a, a super tryhard and you want to impress people with your hoity-toity writing opinions. I don't think that's true. I, I actually don't even think I'm that hoity-toity. I just think like... I think our standards for the stuff need to be just slightly higher. That's all. All right. Let me uh, let's take a break. Uh, on the other side of that break, we'll talk to uh, Merritt about Saints Row, the reboot and her time in Las Vegas. Hey, folks, just interrupting the show to give you an update on a section of our website that I love very, very much that is unfortunately ceasing publication sometime in September. It is FanFight, our wrestling vertical that Colette Aaron runs so masterfully. It is our professional wrestling coverage. It is so good. It is unlike anything else on the internet. An internet obsessed with results and rumors and rampant speculation and fantasy booking and just kind of, I don't know, the dirt worst aspect aspects of professional wrestling. We don't do that. Colette is running a an amazing section uh, for wrestling writing, for wrestling analysis, for retrospectives, for humor. It's really unlike anything on the internet. We are ceasing publication just because we have to, you know, kind of shift our focus and, um, you know, probably focus exclusively on games for a little while as this industry continues to be incredibly unstable this year. Um, and yeah, I fully intend to bring the fan fight section back in the meantime you can support colette and fan fights kind of legacy over on her patreon that is patreon.com slash colette errant that's patreon.com slash c-o-l-e-t-t-e-a-r-r-a-n-d colette errant uh you can support her right now she's going to start putting some of the content that was going to go up on the site uh starting in august and then more of it in september so we're going to go out with a bang there's a lot of amazing stuff for fan fight coming down the pipe uh you can go to fanbite.com slash wrestling and it's all right there um it's an amazing section please give it your love and support while it winds down and please support Colette's amazing angles and coverage of professional wrestling on her Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Colette Errant. Uh, super bummed to be doing this. It is not, it's absolutely my least favorite part of uh, running any website or any sort of organization. Sometimes you have to make very tough calls um, 
and they bum me out a lot <laughs> because I uh, I love professional wrestling. I love the way Colette covers it, and I'm uh, I am happy that we were able to run with it as long as we uh, as long as we did. So please go give that section some love. Uh, give Colette some love. Uh, follow her over on Patreon and on Twitter. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for your support over the years. Back to the show. You all know that classic phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, we're changing the we're, we're changing the damn thing. It's what happens in Vegas gets written about, posted online, and then get, gets talked about on a podcast. That's right, folks. I'm talking to Merrick Kay this week. Hi. Hey, how you doing? It's great. How'd you like that intro? Like if you got to give oh, it, it was like a number, <laughs> one at a, like one at yeah, one Yeah, triple sevens, baby. Triple- <laughs> Thank you. Jackpot. Jackpot. Uh, so you were in Las Vegas last week to play a, uh, a build of the new Saints Row reboot. That is correct. Yeah. That's, they, that's um, wild. Yeah. It's sort of the first time that in my relatively short career yeah. as a, a games journo, Mm-hmm. that uh, anyone has flown me out somewhere to see one thing. Right. Like, I, you know, I've been to E3, I've been to PAX and stuff, but this was just like, hey, we've got this new game and yeah. uh, we want to show it to you. We want to woo you. We want to woo you. Um, with our, you know, Vegas hotel takeover and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, now, but yeah, how, no, I played like four hours of it. How, how did you, just real quick, like, not yeah, to put yeah. you in an unprofessional spot. No, but like, no you know, how did that feel to be kind of courted by a PR machine and flown out? Like, how was that? It's weird. Uh It is a little bit weird because it's the kind of thing that I feel like used to happen a lot before YouTube and Twitch existed. Yeah. Um, You know, we have people on staff who have been around for a lot longer than I have. So people like Emron will talk about this kind of thing just happening all the time in the 2000s and, and early 2010s. Yeah. And then, you know, influencers start to become more of um, more of a thing as yeah. social media um, becomes the way that we use the internet in the 2010s. And, uh, you know, from a PR perspective, I don't blame PR people for thinking, oh, you know, I, we can just like give uh, an influencer, someone who isn't beholden to like a team of, or like any kind of like, code of ethics necessarily uh-huh. sure um not to say that influencers are you know nefarious or or venal but i just think f- from a um from a pr perspective it makes more sense to say oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna you know target influencers because they have a direct line mm-hmm. to fans they have kind of a trustworthiness and um and also i don't have to jump through all the hoops of uh, dealing with an organization yeah so uh that stuff doesn't really happen as much as it used to um, obviously, huge sites still get that treatment, but uh, this was my first time with that, and it was a little bit strange. Um, just being yeah. in this spot with all of these other journalists from all these other sites, and uh, yeah, because I mean, you have the PR team oh, on yeah. the one hand, and then you have uh, the devs, uh, and then you have sort of the publisher as well. So these, you know, three different uh, teams of people who are all invested in uh, 
in you sort of having a good time with the game. And yeah. also I think more generally just sort of having a good time throughout the weekend because it's going to maybe color your impressions of <laughs> the product that they, they want you to like. Yeah. Uh, in, in that regard, how was Vegas? Because that was your first time visiting there. It's my first time in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. It was, uh, I mean, that city shouldn't exist. Yeah. By all <laughs> rights. And I'm fascinated by that because anytime people do something that is just like, Tower of Babel level of hubris. I'm like, <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, like some, you crossed the Rockies, but then didn't want to go to where the water was. You just stopped there and we're like, this is where we do it. Uh, <laughs> this is where we build the city. Uh, and um, it was, yeah, it was weird. You know, I'm from, I'm East Coast. I, uh, Northeast uh, mainly. So I'm not used to the heat. I'm not yeah. used to the dryness. I'm not used to a lot of things. Um, but it was cool. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of time to to see the sites. I did yeah. hit up the Pinball Hall of Fame while I was there. I wrote about that. Um, Very cool. Which was an extremely cool place. And you know, if you're in Vegas and you're you're a person who isn't into gambling and all that stuff, uh, but you are into games, you definitely want to hit that place up. Uh, I did see a bit of a couple of casinos. We uh, went out to eat at Bobby Flay's restaurant because, uh, and that was not a PR thing. That was just uh, someone else that was there. Uh, her. Uh, her dad happened to know the head chef. Of course. Who also was the Vegas cake boss. Oh. Um, so uh, actually, yeah, I'm going to put her on blast. Alyssa Mercante um, over at Games Radar. Uh, not on blast. It's, it's good. Um, but uh, so because she she got us uh, a table at uh, at this place and that was really cool. Um, yeah. I would like to go back sometime to Vegas. Not necessarily that restaurant, although it was good. But uh yeah, it's fascinating. It's yeah, a, it's a wild, weird place. I I think my every fiber of my being when I see like a a big flashy restaurant owned by a TV chef, I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. My experience has actually been in Vegas. Those are pretty good. Like those are like yeah. some of the better places to eat. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. The place is so strange. Um, very odd. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've been. Last time I went, it was uh, the week of my birthday, which is in July. So that was like just a huge mistake to like mm. go out and just enjoy a place when it was like 112 degrees outside. So, um, but yeah, there's like a roller coaster at the New York, New York. There are like so many things that I think there's you a lot try. of stuff inside uh -huh. that shouldn't or typically aren't inside. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was. I walked. I was trying to find a, a bathroom at one point in a in a I think Bally's at uh -huh. like midnight or so, and um, I walked down this hallway where the ceiling had been painted to look like the sky. Oh, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very so familiar you, with you that. You couldn't concourse. tell like what time it was yes. or uh -huh. <laughs> where oh, you were. Oh, not being able to tell what time it is. That's the Las Vegas special. Yeah, right. That's, that's what, what they, they want, want right? Because uh -huh. they want you to keep gambling. Mm -hmm. You know, people coming with free drinks and stuff. Yep. Very, very carefully calibrated. Talk about like, you know, we talk a lot in in games about uh, the ways that uh, developers of live games, especially, uh -huh. uh, and gotcha games try to manipulate, you know, behavioral, uh, stuff to try to get you to keep playing. Talk about people who have that down mm -hmm. Vegas, Vegas, they've, baby. They've, they're years ahead of us. Yeah. They do everything to manipulate your senses into being mm -hmm. like, yeah, I guess I could just go back into that casino and do mm -hmm. something. Huh? Um, yeah, it's yeah, very, throw it's some, throw some dice, uh, very if he hands a blackjack. Place. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, very weird place. All right, let's talk about the reason for the season. You played about four hours of Saints Row. Um, uh, first of all, I'll, I'll just ask, like, what's your experience with the Saints Row franchise up to this point? Yeah, so I played three, four, and the somewhat maligned Gat Out of Hell. Yeah. Um. So I, I've played through all of those. I never really played the first or second. Right. Um. I think I just didn't, at the time, maybe just didn't own the consoles they were on or something. Yeah. And, and also, they never didn't really appeal to me because those games were, the first one was more straightforwardly a GTA clone. Yes. I think uh, the second one, they started to develop a voice and a yeah. direction for it. I think that one is a lot of people's like, you know, first exposure to the, mm-hmm. the series. Um, and I love three and four. Um, yeah. I thought at the time that four came out, I thought it was actually like one of the smartest mainstream Western games that had come out in a long time. Yeah. Um, just because of the ways that it skewered a lot of the design decisions that were common at that time. So um, like, you know, this is the early 2010s. So Bioware is right. Like can, can basically do no wrong mm-hmm. at this point until you get to mass effect three and the ending and people right. turn on them. Um, but they, and they had that really clever thing in four. I thought of um, there being a romance button uh-huh. that you just press. And then, uh, your character and the other character just it just fades to black and you just do your thing, uh-huh. um, which I felt was a really funny deconstruction of the whole like build up of the romance mechanics in Bioware yep. games, uh, and also just you know uh, having superpowers in four was great because uh, it really reminded me of um, like Prototype or like the Hulk game on the X the original Xbox. I love open world city games where there is verticality, sure, um, where because I feel like what can happen so often is like. You know, cities are very dense vertical spaces, but uh, if you can't go into the buildings, you're not seeing like 90% of the real estate. Uh huh. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so I, three and four are up there for me. Um, and yeah. uh, and I did also play Gat Out of Hell a few years after that. Uh, you know, maybe not as good, but they tried something different. They tried and, something. You know, sure. So, all right. So what, what did you play during this, uh, period? So it was about four hours. Was it kind of near the beginning of the game? What, what was your experience? Yeah. So I started right from the beginning. Uh, there was sort of an intro part that I can't really talk about, but, um, sure that, uh, there's, you know, a bunch of cutscenes, and then it just sort of drops you into your first day on the job, you you play, so you're the boss because it's Saints Row. Um, you're not the same boss as the previous games because it's a reboot. So you are, uh, you are a character who is starting their first day as a part of martial defense uh, forces, I believe, or industries, yeah. which is basically like a private security um, company. Love that. Yeah, no, uh, it's a fun <laughs> idea. Um, you know, there there have been, there's always been this sort of like, these factions in Saints Row games that are like militarized police forces. Uh, And uh, so you, you don't start off, you know, as a leader of a gang, you start off as uh, kind of a grunt working uh, this not great job. Mm -hmm. And um, I played through the first 10 or so missions, which basically take you up to founding, to deciding to like start your own gang. Yeah. Um, because the way that the game sets it up is y- you, your character, the boss is, uh, lives with three other roommates, uh, Nina, Kevin, and, uh, do not remember the last guy's name. <laughs> um, but, uh, so basically like you all are working for, um, 
for different gangs. Um, but they're all kind of giving you a raw deal. And yeah. as you, you, oh, Eli is the last guy. He wears Eli. a bow tie. And his thing is that he's not a gang guy, but he's like, he wants to make money. Like he's an investor. Right. Um, Kevin is a perpetually shirtless DJ slash cook. And Nina okay. is like the car expert. Kind of gave me like a, a Kinsey vibe from the previous games. Oh, sure. Uh, and um, so you all decide like, okay, we're all getting a raw deal. We should go into business for ourselves. Uh, and uh, because you you get fired during the events of the, the intro missions. And um, so I saw basically up to that part, which I feel like that was kind of like the intro. Uh, and yeah. then the game probably opens up a lot more after that with right. they're talking about these criminal enterprise systems where you can you know, start doing the stuff like insurance fraud from the previous games. Um, but it was fairly, uh, fairly on rails to that point. There, there mm. are side missions and stuff that I, and I did a few of those as well. Um, but yeah, like it seems like the first few hours of the game are just sort of dedicated to setting up this like new Saints Row world. Right. Um, and it does kind of take place in a desert environment, right? That's right. Uh, it's okay. called um, Santo Ideso. Okay. Um, right. So I think that's supposed to be, I think it's like a Southwestern, like a fictional uh, Southwestern city. Yeah. I, I, I want to say in the very, like in the announcements, they said something about getting a lot of their stuff from El Paso, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I, makes sense. Yeah. But I, I don't know if they stuck with that or not, but yeah, it kind of looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of desert there are you know there is like a, a downtown there are yeah. skyscrapers towers that kind of thing um fairly like varied kind of terrain which is cool yeah uh one thing that did stand out to me unfortunately was that it uh it feels dated um mm. the open world just it's it's cliche at this point but you know, Breath of the Wild really did change a lot. A I lot. feel like about the about open world design philosophy in games, and mm -hmm. it feels like a Saints Row game from ten years ago. Mm. Um, again, you're in a city primarily, so um, a lot of the the real estate of that environment is locked off to you because you know it's hard to kind of make an open world where. Uh, you have buildings that have fully fleshed out interiors and people in them and, and things to do in them. So most of the buildings like in older open world city based games are, you know, just blocked they're, off terrain. Blocked off. Yep. Um, and what that means is you do a lot of driving kind of just back and forth to get missions. Right. Which is something that I had totally forgotten about that kind of thing because Again, it's like, I hate going back to Breath of the Wild constantly, but yeah. that's a game where it didn't feel like you were doing a lot of busy work running back and forth. Uh -uh. Um, there, it, it, it was always getting interrupted by something like exactly. you know, your own curiosity or um, you could choose to basically cut out a lot of that stuff if you wanted to with fast travel. Um, yeah, there, there's not a lot of wasted space in that game at all. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Um, whereas, you know, in in Saints Row, um, you know, you'll start a mission and 
it'll be like, all right, go to this place where you have to steal this car or where you have to meet this person. And it's like, yeah. okay, so I have to drive across the city. <laughs> and you can unlock fast travel points, I think. But um, I didn't you know, do any of those because I think you have to do kind of side missions to get right. them. But it was just like, okay, so I'm just driving. And the, the problem is, like, there are games where getting places is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and to bring up a, you know, Breath of the Wild, obviously, that goes without saying. But, right. uh, you know, a game like, even a game like Monster Hunter Rise, mm-hmm. which isn't open world, but does have these fairly big maps, that lets you unlock fast travel points. But it also, like, is kind of just fun to, like, use the wire bug to run up walls, to get on your sure. dog and ride around, um, things like that. Whereas in this, it's like, okay, so I find a car and I drive through the streets uh-huh. uh, until I finally get there. And on the way there, like nothing much is happening. Yeah. Um, the people are kind of wandering around saying the same lines over and over. Um, you can like run into a cop and if they're going somewhere else or they just ignore you. Um, so it's there's not a lot of like emergent events mm, happening. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, feels like kind of a um, like lifted whole cloth from how these games exactly played, like you said, like 10 years ago or more. Um, I mean, that's a problem that GTA 5 didn't really solve. That's a problem that um, Red Dead Redemption 2, like for all of its touted kind of mission design, it still was kind of like once you start a mission, you're on kind of these rails to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing really super interesting or emergent that happens in between those things. Um, y- you know, to Rockstar's credit, a lot of the peripheral stuff that like doesn't start as a quote unquote mission is fairly interesting. Like you can stumble onto interesting right. stuff, but I don't know if that's ever been Saints Rose's forte. I don't know. Yeah, not terribly. I mean, for me, Saints Row mainly has been about the characters and yeah. kind of the over the top like big bold mission design to just exactly like, yeah. yeah and there is some of that i will say yeah. like there is you know in the first four hours like the most memorable mission for me is this one where you're so when you're still working for marshall you're supposed to tail this convoy that's heading into the desert okay and um you can do kind of a cool thing in this one where you can uh you know if you're riding shotgun you can climb out onto the roof of the car and that lets you basically pull out larger weapons that you couldn't otherwise sort of fit through the window it does make you more vulnerable though so there's a bit of a trade-off um and that was cool because like you know you're driving down this like kind of desert valley you're leaping from car to car you're Mm -hmm. getting further up the problem is that so much of the really exciting stuff is automated. Um, it's like, you you know, the car pulls up close enough to the next car and you just press A and mm. then it plays a canned animation of you jumping over. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of like early 2010s Western game design philosophy here of like a lot of quick time events. A um, lot of cool set pieces that you're not actually really doing much during. Interesting. Um, which f- maybe... It, I don't know. Like, I guess I haven't played like a ton of these kinds of games in the last few years. Like, I don't know if that is still a thing, um, but coming off games like Elden Ring and the Dark Souls series, it's so much harder for me to stomach that stuff now. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like, I, I could just be watching a movie. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> um, and uh, the other thing is too, is like they, 
you know, they did this reboot, um, and I can see why they did that because by yeah, the time went, they got they went to very four, big in four, and they went like, huge. You, they yeah. blew up the Earth. They uh-huh. went into space. In they went into the Matrix. Um, they got a, a time machine. Uh, it just got really, really silly. And then you know, got out of hell. You've got Johnny Gat like literally in hell, um, fighting <laughs> Satan. So like, yeah, okay, I can see they want to pull it back a little. They want to they want it to be a little more Fast and Furious, a little less. <laughs> it's it's like yeah, it's like where do you go after Super Mario Galaxy? Uh, well, I guess right. he's got a fucking hat and he's back on Earth. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I understand why they did that. Yeah. Um, the problem is, I feel like. They, to me right now it's it's like okay it would be maybe okay if the design was dated if it still had a lot of that like trademark saints row if it had that charm yeah flavor this, to it this, yeah this stuff that charm, everybody right? is like everybody was really attached to the characters especially from three i feel like and they're like, great characters yeah, yeah i mean like yeah like shawnee um i mean keith david <laughs> yeah, in, yeah yeah in, yeah right uh just like yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, and the characters in this one, like, obviously I didn't have that much time with the game. It was like a few hours. Yeah. I didn't, like, really care about them that yeah. much after mm-hmm. that. Um, maybe they they improve and they get more interesting. But, like, one of the, the problems I feel like with the tone is they've gone for this sort of, like, weirdly socially conscious kind of angle that mm. I feel like doesn't really fit the series at all right um and it makes sense as a motivation for the characters like you want to see them go from being scrappy to running an empire right like i get that but like just the constant like quips of like oh i gotta pay my student loans oh are we gonna make rent oh you don't have health insurance we can't go to the hospital and it's like yeah okay those would fit in like a more serious kind of narrative uh, like if it's exploring that stuff then sure i guess um Mm -hmm. but it's not it's still kind of wacky and it's like okay this just is kind of a downer and kind of like boring um like i i want these characters to be amoral sociopaths like i don't want them to (laughs) you know be like oh oh, i gotta make my student loan payments um well especially it's like like in the moment, they'd be like, oh, I got to make my student loan payments. And then in 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 the gameplay world, you can choose to pull out a bazooka and just uh-huh. like blow up a restaurant or whatever. Right. And it's like like uh, it, it is kind of a weird fit of like, wow, like the world sure is messed up. Anyway, I'm going to drive my car through a stadium <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, like, I don't I don't know. It doesn't really work to me. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an odd juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, and again, like I, I like Volition. Like, I'm willing to... Sure. I, I will probably still try to play this. Yeah. Um, You know, depending on what August, September looks like in terms of releases. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just like... I, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of odd choices um, that went into this. And um, there there is some cool stuff. I will say, like, in terms of gameplay, there is some some newer, newish stuff that I, I like. Um there's um so like in the previous games like you sort of get abilities as you level up and usually you have to like spend money to to do that um the first ability you unlock is like a grenade ability but instead of just throwing a grenade you uh grab the nearest enemy you throw a grenade down their pants and then you sort of like hurl them 
out mm. a crowd of enemies uh, and they all explode. So okay. sure, sure, sure. that's sort of that Saints Row flavor. Yeah. Um, they've tried to make the vehicles more interesting because I, I do think one of the criticisms of four was that being able to, you know, run super fast and jump and stuff made cars basically superfluous. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to, you know, bring that back into the picture. So when you're driving, there is, you can um, hit a button and the the control stick to do like a quick jolt to the left or right. Uh-huh. as like a sideswipe move yeah. that um, makes That's it cool. a lot easier to sort of throw off other cars yeah. uh, rather than trying to just use the steering controls to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the driving itself, like, I don't know that it's going to blow anyone away. Um, sure. There's, you know, I, as far as I can tell, there's no multiple camera angles or anything. You're basically locked into the chase view. Um, but, you know, after having played like Forza and, uh, and some of the other big, racing games that have come out this year obviously it's not like mainly a racing game there's a lot of other stuff going on but like they are trying to make bring the cars back in and i'm not sure that they feel like amazing right now yeah Uh, they feel fine yeah but yeah well cool um i mean you played a a bit with the creation suite before this i believe also Uh, or or did you not do that we actually didn't touch the boss factory um before going here yeah or before going to the event um, but yeah, that tool, they did make that tool public and, um, I, you know, tried to go through it fairly quickly just because I knew that it had already been released. Yeah, um, sure. so I just made a green guy who kind of looked like Shrek kind of looked and like I Shrek, think the developers huh? enjoyed that, like that because yeah. they were hanging out behind me sort of, uh, watching me make Shrek do weird little emotes, uh, kind of creeping sure. through the desert with no shirt on. Um, so yeah, the character creation tools are cool. Uh, you can do stuff like you can create an asymmetrical face, which I'm sure oh, Monster yeah. Factory Let's crew go. is going to have a good time with. Yep. Um, you can uh, do uh, prosthetics now, which is something oh, that cool. I think I saw for the first time in Forza. I'm sure other games have done it before that, but yeah, uh, the last year, I think that was the first time I'd seen that done. And um, so there's a lot of different options there. There are some things that I feel like they removed like it doesn't seem like there's like accessories and like i don't know if you can layer stuff in the same way that you could in previous games like with clothing and things like that Mm, mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean as character creators go it's it's pretty cool it has a lot of flexibility yeah and uh people have already made some really whack stuff with it so (laughs) um so that's cool um and there is you know, there is like online co-op, which was fun in, in previous Saints Row games, just doing stuff like, you know, one person getting on a motorcycle and the other person um, riding in the back and just driving yeah. around the city. Uh, it's not massively uh, multiplayer. Um, I did talk to the EP briefly uh, on that trip, and uh, he said that they had discussed it uh, early on in development, but just, you know... I think that the technical challenges and the fact that this was a reboot, I guess they wanted to focus more on yeah. establishing the world and stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that those comparisons are going to be uh, invited, unfortunately with GTA online, because of that course. game has become, you know, like you, you brought up GTA five before and like, yeah, that game didn't really reinvent the wheel. And I mean, you know, a lot of people still loved it because people love GTA, but I think online has really just like changed the entire game when it comes to like 
if you have an open world that isn't that exciting on its own, but then you add other people into the mm -hmm. mix, there's going to be wild stuff that happens. So I'll be really interested to see if this game gets any kind of mods that that sort of open up some of those possibilities. Yeah. Because um, at this point, I think it's like, I don't know if it's like a very strong expectation, but like, I feel like it, 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 you, know, you have a big open world modern game. Um, I, I do feel like the GTA online crowd is probably going, well, okay, why would I come? Why would I flock over here? Uh, exactly. Unless I can yeah. do this. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else? Any, any other takeaways from the weekend that you were uh, either excited or kind of bummed by? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think there is some wackier stuff that I didn't get to sure. because they did send me a bunch of screenshots and one of them does have a hover bike in it. That's so, fun. And there is a, there are side missions where you have a wingsuit where you're like dropping out of a helicopter and sort of gliding around. So, okay. uh, so there is kind of that element of like, I, you can unlock these towers that let you sort of launch yourself into the air and glide around. So that's sure. sort of maybe a breath of the wild inspired type thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, like I, it's obviously it's a preview. I played four hours of what is probably like a 30 hour game. Sure. I, I don't want to like say it's, it's, you know, it looks terrible or whatever. Um, I think I was a little bit disappointed just based on the direction that it seemed to be headed in. Yeah. But I, you know, I want to give it a chance. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe we will learn more in the, uh, the next few weeks leading up to lunch. Yeah. Well, we will, uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on it. It's one of those games that like, uh, one, one of those franchises that some people just really, really, really love. I definitely, um, did not love three and four that much, but I enjoyed jumping in with Nikki recently and doing RKOs on people, um, just random wrestling moves and things like that. I think if this is a, a, a real reboot and kind of a reset to that saints row two kind of vibe, then I'll definitely be interested in what comes after that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm still intrigued by it. They've, there's, they've still got some of the best instincts, I think in terms of character creation, um, on the market. And I think that's like, that's compelling enough to at least get me to, to run around a bit in the desert. Um, well, yeah. Okay. Merit. Thank you so much for, uh, for chatting with me and, uh, um, yeah, anytime we'll have to all go to Vegas. We should all plan that. I yes. think that'd be fun. <laughs> fan by, Maybe not fan by in Vegas. July, not in July. Yeah. But that'd be great. All right. Thanks. You know, since I'm taking a little while off from work and also this show, I figured why not look at, you know, games that are coming out in the next few weeks, not just the one ahead. There's some good stuff to look at. So uh, well, let's start with Story of Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town. Yeah, that's coming to PlayStation 4 on July 26th. That game is already out for Nintendo Switch and, uh, and PC. So you should, uh, you know, check out reviews for the game. If you uh, want to know how it plays on PlayStation 4, uh, there's Octopath Traveler Champions of the Continent. It's a mobile game coming to iOS and Android 
on July 27th. That's very exciting for folks that like that series. Uh, Bear and Breakfast is an amazingly cute indie game coming to PC on July 28th. Definitely check that out. Lost Epic is coming to PC, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. It's an action game uh, coming to those platforms on July 28th. We have uh, Digimon Survive. Oh, yeah. Big new Digimon game uh, coming out. It's a strategy game coming out on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. That's July 29th. Uh, and also on July 29th, we have the big one. It's Xenoblade Chronicles 3 coming to Nintendo Switch. That should be a big one. It should probably have a lot of stuff up on our website if you want to go check that out. Uh, that's one of the biggest RPGs of the year, and we no doubt will be talking about it quite a bit on 99 Potions, our RPG podcast. Uh, starting in August, we got South of the Circle. That's coming to basically every platform you can imagine, except for like Google Stadia. That is an adventure game, uh, and it uh, it came out on iOS actually a couple years ago, but it's coming to uh, PlayStation Five, for Xbox Series X, NES, X, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on August third. Uh, also, uh, on, on next day on August fourth, we have Turbo Golf Racing. Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. It's a racing game, but it's also got a like a ball hitting kind of mechanic. It looks kind of interesting. Uh, Thymesia comes to Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 5, and PC on August 9th. That's an action title. Uh, Two Point Campus, that's one that some folks have their eye on. Uh, on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. That's a Sega Europe joint publishing a sim game. Uh, looks very interesting. Uh, if you like Two Point Hospital, this is kind of the same thing, but you know, campus. Uh, Lost in Play comes to Switch and PC on August 10th. That's an adventure game. Cult of the Lamb, something that I am very excited to get my hands on. That's a Devolver Digital joint coming on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Switch and PC on August 11th. Rumbleverse is a melee battle royale game. It's gotten a lot of early access buzz. It's on the Epic Game Store on PC, but also on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S. And Xbox One, that's also August 11th. Marvel's Spider-Man, an excellent action adventure game, is coming to PC on August 12th. So that really covers us from the end of July to about mid-August. Lots of nice little games there. I've definitely got my eyes on Rumbleverse, Cult of the Lamb, and of course, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And hey, if you're into Digimon, it's a brand new Digimon game. I love Digimon. Uh, that's, uh, that's about it for what's coming out over the next few weeks. Um, some good ones. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let us, let me know what you're playing. We got a, we got a great discord community over at fanbite.casa. There's a, thanks for the knowledge tab right there. Uh, you should go click on it and, uh, tell me what you're playing. Tell me what you're looking forward to over the next few weeks. I'll be checking in while I'm on my vacation. So, yeah. That is going to do it for this week's episode of TFTK. I want to thank my guest, Merritt Kay, for stopping by, talking to me about Vegas, talking to me about Saints Row. That was a great conversation. Thanks again, Merritt. You can find her writing all over fanbyte.com. She also hosts Channel F over on the Fanbyte Podcast Network. It's a really great show. You can also find her on Twitter at Merritt Kay. Uh, thanks so much to Paul for producing another excellent episode of this program. You can find him over at PaulyMayo on Twitter.com. And uh, yeah, he also was on 99 Potions this past 
Philosophy, talking about Stray. That was a great episode. Go check it out. Uh, you can find me at Floppy Adult. You can find Fanbyte at Fanbyte Media. Again, I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks. Don't uh, you know? Don't burn the house down while I'm gone. There's uh, there's money on the counter to get pizza, and there's uh, plenty of soda and stuff in the fridge. So uh, yeah, until next time, you're welcome. Thank you.